Hello, health investor. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Haley Gorelli. Haley is a registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. Growing up as a dancer, she always was trying for the perfect ballet body, starting her dieting journey at a young age. Her chronic dieting led to hormone imbalances and even weight gain. After many more attempts at failed diets, she eventually learned that restricting wasn't the answer. Instead, she learned to eat to fuel her body, heal hormone imbalances, and end the diet cycle. Now, she's passionate about helping women who are drained, discouraged, and just plain fed up with their constant dieting to lose weight, balance hormones, and feel comfortable in their skin. She helps them discover what works best for them as an individual through her functional approach to nutrition so that they can live life to the fullest. In the episode, Haley shares how to balance your hormones so you can lose weight and have more energy, her top weight loss and mindset tips, some common misconceptions floating around out there about weight loss, and more. If you've been enjoying the Health Investment Podcast, I'd be so grateful if you leave a written review. Reviews not only provide me with great feedback, but they also help the podcast become more visible so that new listeners can discover it. To leave a review, simply visit thehealthinvestment.com review. It takes about five minutes to do, and I would truly appreciate it so much, and thank you in advance. All right. It's time to hear from Haley. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing. You deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing. There are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm going to share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, because I want to help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one. So visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Haley. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. I was just telling you off air, I'm such a huge fan of your Instagram stories and all the messages you're sharing. So I can't wait for listeners to learn from you today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'd love if you could start out by sharing your story, specifically what led you to become a registered dietitian. Yeah, so I grew up in a pretty healthy household. My mom always cared about what she cooked for dinner and everything. So I had that background, and then I grew up dancing. And as many people know, dancing is an aesthetic sport. So I started to care a lot about my weight and everything. So I did start dieting at a young age and become interested in nutrition. So I think I was interested in nutrition for all the wrong reasons at first, but it definitely influenced my choice to study nutrition in college. And in all honesty, I didn't even know what a dietitian was when I started college. I just knew that I loved nutrition and wanted to study that. So I, once I went to college, I learned what it took really to 
follow this career and go to work in the nutrition field. Awesome. I know you talk a lot about hormones and your focus is specifically on helping women to balance Mm -hmm. their hormones. You say that they can lose weight and boost energy, which I think a lot of people are after. I'm sure some listeners as well. So could you touch on how is weight loss different for women than for men? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think anyone who has tried losing weight with their significant other, their spouse or something, any woman, they notice the man usually loses weight a lot easier, a lot quicker, which can be extremely frustrating. So I think the biggest thing is, I mean, one, our metabolisms are different. Men have a higher muscle mass So they're going to have a faster metabolism, plus they have the testosterone. So that's going to cause them to burn calories differently. So that's a big piece of it. And then I think for women too, because we are made for reproduction, our hormones are a lot more, I guess I could say sensitive to big changes and like energy balance and things like that. So our body's main role is to make sure we're healthy to be able to reproduce and a diet or trying to lose weight sometimes can go against that and um, be kind of like send alarm to our body. So it can be a little bit difficult to lose weight and make sure you're doing it in like a sustainable way rather than just drastically dropping calories. Mm. How would a woman know if their weight loss struggle is due to hormones or to maybe something else? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, I mean, the first thing would be if you're having a lot of other hormonal ba- hormonal imbalance symptoms, such as like fatigue, big digestive issues, difficulty sleeping, uh, period problems, severe PMS, things like that, hair loss, intense cravings, a lot of those can be influenced by our hormones. Um, if you've been ever been diagnosed with endocrine disorders such as PCOS or hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, things like that, um, even some insulin resistance. Um, and then also, I think a big factor is that people don't really think about is your history of dieting too. If you've had this long history of drastic crash dieting and then regaining the weight back and just having those big fluctuations on your weight that can be uh really hard on your body and just your metabolism in general Mm. yeah I've kind of in my own research I don't know if you agree with this but I've read that it's better to even maintain a weight even if it's a little higher than you Uh want it to be than to do the highs and lows, highs and lows year after year, just because as you said, it kind of wreaks havoc on your metabolism. For sure. And then also with that, I think a lot of women have their ideal body weight might be a little bit lower than what's actually healthy for them, both Mm -hmm. mentally and physically. I think a lot of us try to achieve this ultra thin or super toned look that's portrayed in media. And we're kind of told that's what we're supposed to look like. And sometimes that's not really the healthiest. Mm, Right. So you may be at your healthy weight, but still doing all these diets and kind of wreaking havoc on your metabolism, but really your body was already at the place it should be at. Yeah. And also just having a little bit of wiggle room too to live your life, like be able to go out with your friends or enjoy the holidays. Because if we're trying to maintain this unrealistic weight or look, it can be really a big burden on us mentally as well. 
Mm-hmm. And then the whole stress issue, mm-hmm. you know, the more stressed out you are, that's definitely not going to help with any type of weight loss or health goal that you have. Definitely not. What about certain food groups? Obviously, we know there's a lot of hate for carbs and gluten and all these kind of buzzwords right now. So do you find that certain foods or food categories actually cause more hormonal issues? Like dairy is another one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Or do you find that all of those can have a place even if you are trying to lose weight and you're you're struggling with your hormones? That's a really good question. So yeah, they all are like buzzwords right now. And um, it's a fad to give up food groups and different macronutrients and things too. Um, I think it's all very individualized. So we are all unique little butterflies, unique snowflakes. Um, So we all need a different composition of our diet. So some people may do great with cutting out gluten, but that's definitely not a general recommendation that I give to everyone. Um, If someone suspects that they do have some sort of food intolerance, then I would suggest trying to cut it out for, say, 30 days and see how they feel. And then trying to reintroduce it and see if it is truly that food that they feel different. Because I think a lot of times when people cut out certain foods, like um, when they go lower carb or they cut out gluten or things like that, a lot of times they're also changing what they're eating in general. So they might be eating less processed foods. So that's where they're getting the benefit, not necessarily the actual lack of carbs or lack of gluten, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as hormone issues, though, in regards to weight loss, I think really focusing on the least processed foods is the best. So I wouldn't say any like true food is uh something that I want you to cut out, but trying to focus on the whole unprocessed foods because those highly processed foods, like um, a lot of the packaged foods that we're eating or a lot of the fast foods that we're eating these days in the standard American diet can cause hormonal issues in regards to, I mean, just it lacks nutrients. And then also the way it's going to affect our blood sugar and impact our appetite hormones, it can make weight loss difficult down the road because then you're constantly dealing with like those cravings and things like that that can make having the smaller portions or the healthy portions difficult to stick to Mm, right yeah I think when I kind of started my own health kick toward a sort of towards the tail end of my 20s I definitely hopped on board the must eat gluten-free and you know (laughs) yeah should I be eating dairy and all these things and I was definitely more restrictive then Mm-hmm. But I think it was exactly what you said. I think at the same time, I was just not eating as many processed foods and eating more whole foods. So I felt yeah. a lot better. And, and I definitely went through that phase too. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But where no. I was like, I was super strict cutting out the gluten, the dairy and everything. And that's where like, you got to really learn what works best for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think if I were to eat white bread every day or, you know, refined carbohydrates, <laughs> I would go back to not feeling as great, but having exactly. them every once in a while now doesn't seem to affect me. And then another piece of that too, is a lot of times when people cut out gluten, they're going for all the gluten-free products mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. There's so many gluten-free products out there now for people who truly need to follow it for someone with celiac disease. Right. right. But at the same time, 
those are still processed foods. So you still have to be aware of that um, when you're just going and buying gluten-free cookies or gluten-free bread and things. Those are, it's still bread and cookies, right? Yeah, right. Another idea that comes to mind is the whole keto trend. So now <laughs> yeah. there's just a bunch of keto junk food. Exactly. Which makes me feel very sad. And, you know, I talk to my clients as well as don't look at any of the buzzwords. I'm most skeptical when there's some type of claim on the front of a package. Of yes keto, organic, non-GMO, any of those things, because they're just marketing ploys and they're just based on all of the latest fads. Mm-hmm. And then it's just sad because it's, you know, then people think I'm eating healthy because I'm eating the keto version of the ice cream bar. Yes. But it's still an ice cream bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I tell my clients to just ignore the front of the packaging. Like don't even take that to heart. But my favorite is I've always like whenever I see candy, it's like, oh, this is a fat free food, it's like gummy worms or something. I'm like, but it's still candy. <laughs> like, right. so that marketing is really pulling people in to think, like, oh, this is a healthier version because there's no fat, or like you were saying, it's keto, so it's healthier for me. But definitely yeah. not always the truth. And I, I know you agree that all foods fit and you can always have room for the candy or the ice cream. Exactly. You know, yeah. Not to come from deprivation, but then. I also talk to my clients about when you're going to eat the thing it is that you want, eat the most delicious version of it so that it's actually satisfying. So I would rather have the slow churned, amazing, creamy ice cream at a place nearby that's going to be absolutely delicious than the eh, kind of disgusting, weird aftertaste keto ice cream bar Exactly, is not going to actually satisfy my craving. Yeah. And then a lot of times you end up eating more trying to eat the healthier version because you're not getting that true satisfaction. Right. hundred percent. I love that you give a lot of simple, actionable tips, especially uh, you do a lot of stories and videos. So I was wondering, you talk about mindset and you talk about weight loss a lot, mm-hmm. but if we could kind of separate the two and if you could give us your top three, kind of like if you're looking to lose weight, these are the first top best three things I would do right off the bat? A good question. Um, and then we'll get into the mindset piece. So these okay. would just be kind of like the, the actions. Yeah, for sure. I want to say just be consistent and have that count as all three. <laughs> um, because I think consistency is the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they will try eating one way for two weeks or something and they expect to see results. Um, but you have to stay with something. So find something that you can stick to something that you enjoy, something that you feel best doing something that's realistic for your lifestyle. So one finding a diet style or exercise routine that actually works for you. And is something that you're likely to stick with. So you can be consistent. Um, I think also just learning how to include the foods that you love, like we were just talking, learn how to enjoy that ice cream and not feel guilty about it, but also making sure it's in a healthy portion and it's in combination with a good balanced meal. And then also just making small realistic changes. So say if you're drinking soda every day right now, try cutting it back to a couple of days a week to start with, right? So instead of just overhauling everything at once, making small realistic changes is definitely the way to go. Mm. What about mindset? What are some of your top mindset shifts that you find that every client kind of has to undergo to be successful and consistent, like you said? 
Yeah, I think that's honestly the hardest part and often isn't talked about as much. If we always talk about just the diet and exercise pieces, and it's always like, eat less, move more, you have to focus on calories and everything. But the mindset, I would say, is the biggest battle because we're changing habits, we're changing our lives. And then also when it comes to weight loss, I think the biggest thing I see with my clients is women focusing on the scale and putting, no pun intended, but putting so much weight on the scale in that number saying that that's their only determinant of their progress and success. So I think the biggest thing is I want women to know that that's not the only thing that measures your progress. So Mm -hmm. making sure you have other tools that you're using to measure how well you're feeling, how well you're sleeping, how well your clothes fit. Because the scale is going to fluctuate, especially as women with our hormone fluctuations and everything. It's going to happen. So don't put your worth into that or measure your progress only by that. So change the mindset around the scale, I think, is a big one. Um, And along with that, knowing that there will be ups and downs. So a lot of people say like, oh, I just need to be more motivated. Motivation's great, but it's fleeting. Like it's not always going to be there. So making sure you have a plan for those times where you're not feeling motivated, where your life is going to get hard, right? Having a plan um, and being prepared for those times and being patient so you can get through them. And then I think lastly is kind of goes along with all this, but truly understanding why you're setting out to do this. When we just say like, oh, I just want to lose weight, but why? Because if you just say you want to lose weight and have this vague reason, it's, that's not going to be enough to get you through those tough days. So if you have a really, if you dig deeper and kind of maybe journal it or write it out and understand why you want to improve your health, why you want to lose this weight, I think that can really help you again, get through those tough, tough days. And then also help you understand that this is something you're going to be in for the long haul. It's not going to be an overnight change. Yeah. Love those tips. I love that you brought up motivation, you know, a synonym willpower. Yes. <laughs> um, I read a book that was actually gifted to me a few years ago called Willpower Doesn't Work. Have you heard of that book? I think I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. It's it's good. It's a quick read. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially the premise is like you said, it's willpower is fleeting or it's finite. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we should be relying on for any type of goal that we have, because exactly. our willpower is always going to go away or our motivation. So it's better to focus on these consistent actions we can take. And I like too how you talked about kind of finding that powerful why of why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other books that you've really connected with in terms of changing your mindset or kind of seeing things differently when it comes to weight loss? Yeah, I mean, not books that specifically apply to weight loss, but just, I guess you would consider them self-development books or something. Um, I love Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. I love all of her books, um, like Dare to Lead, uh, Daring Greatly. Um, There's other ones I've heard of, but I haven't quite read yet. Atomic Habits is one that's on my list I've heard is really good. I am so obsessed with Atomic Habits. Uh, So you've read it, yeah? (laughs) I mean, I've read parts of it and then, 
you can sign up for the author, James Clear. He has this little Thursday email he sends out. Wow. That is incredible. If anybody wants access to it, I think it's kind of like an invite only type of thing. Okay. Um, but you could email me, Brooke, at thehealthinvestment.com, and I can totally forward you the little button or whatever. But it is the best, best email I get every week. And when it pops into my inbox, I know it's Thursday. <laughs> and he just has such a great way of breaking down everything that you've said. Um, you know, the small, consistent changes. And mm -hmm. he just, I can never say it as eloquently as he does, but it's every Thursday. And then every time I pick up his book, highly, yeah. highly recommend. Um, uh I quote him all the time. So all right, I guess I'll have to move that up on my list. Yeah, move it up. James, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I try to alternate my books and reading between like self-development, nutrition, like actual enjoyable, well, I mean, enjoy the other ones, but right, like a fictional right. book or something and try to switch it up a little bit. Um, totally. So yeah, maybe that one will be next. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get that Thursday tip too. Oh yeah, Always I'll send it to get you. Them yeah, it's... I just got one today because we're talking on a Thursday. So yeah, I will, yeah. I'll send you the little button to subscribe. Uh, but I was wondering also, maybe you've already kind of tackled this, but maybe, you know, also things you haven't said, what mm -hmm. are some of the biggest misconceptions floating around out there on, especially Instagram comes to mind, even news headlines, Facebook, misconceptions about weight loss? Oh, good one. Um, I think the biggest thing is that you can lose weight quick. I mean, especially in the online world, I, there's so many big promises out there. And I know you talk about like ditching the BS when it comes to dieting and stuff. So I love that. But there are so many big promises that I see online, especially with diet programs. And they're saying like, oh, you can lose 30 pounds in 30 days. And you only have to eat our food. So that's really frustrating to me, like seeing that they're making such big promises for people to lose weight, because I think that goes back to the mindset thing. You have this expectation of, oh, I'm going to lose weight quickly. And I'm going to be able to keep it off. I'm going to feel great. And I'm going to be happy again. And then people are disappointed and they feel like a failure if they gain that weight back or didn't actually lose the weight to begin with. Um, so I think mm -hmm. that's really hard to see. And then also, I think calories in, calories out is important, right? But I think a lot of people also tout that calories are all that matters. And for some people, yes, just decreasing calories can make a difference for sure. But for a lot of women, like I was mentioning before, if you've had this history of chronic dieting and everything, or you have a hormonal imbalance or an endocrine disorder, like that can influence how your body processes those calories. So just finding a calorie counter online and going strictly by that may not be the answer for you for healthy, sustainable weight loss. Mm, right. Sustainable being the key word. Exactly. And then I think another piece too, especially working with the clientele I do that you just need to push harder. If you're not losing weight, you're not dieting hard enough, you're not working out hard enough. And Sometimes pushing harder and dieting harder aren't the answer. Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is, until I discovered ThriveMarket.com. 
Thrive Market is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries. Everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers, everything delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over $1,000 shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, uh, something you were talking about made me think, even in these diets where you lose 10, 15 pounds, whatever, in a month or however long, then the maintenance piece can almost be tougher sometimes, I think, than the initial weight loss. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of these programs don't take into account is what do you do after the 15 or 30 days? A lot of people just go back to what they were eating before or try to kind of find a happy medium. But what would be your tips for weight maintenance versus weight loss? Does it look a lot the same or do you have different tips for somebody in that stage? That's a great question. And I agree. I think I heard it on a podcast I was listening to somewhere. It's like, we don't have a weight loss problem in the US. We have a weight maintenance problem because it can be easy for a lot of people to drop weight quickly with those diets and programs. But like you said, it doesn't develop those habits to keep it. So I think weight maintenance and healthy weight loss should look pretty similar. So like I'd mentioned earlier, finding something that works for you and your lifestyle for your weight loss means that you'll be able to stick with it even after you've lost that weight to be able to maintain it. So once you've reached your weight loss goal, you might have a little bit more wiggle room per se with maybe a couple more treats or things like that. Um, But in general, I'd say it looks pretty similar. Yeah. On a typical day, when do you eat? I'm always curious <laughs> if, you know, are you a breakfast eater or do you eat dinner later at night? So when do you eat and then what do you usually eat? Yeah. So it's funny because my husband last night was just talking to someone and they were talking about their dinner and he described my eating as colorful. Um, yeah. So basically just eating a good variety of fruits and vegetables and everything. But as far as when I eat, well... I usually eat breakfast. Um, Sometimes on the weekend, I'll do a little bit more of an intermittent fasting just because we will tend to have breakfast a little bit later. But during the week, I definitely have a consistent breakfast. And then I'll eat about three meals a day and usually like a snack. Um, I think another misconception too is that, and this is something I believed for a while too, when I was trying to lose weight is that you have to eat every two hours to keep your metabolism Mm. going. Right. And that's really not true. Um, We don't have to eat all the time. So I think a a goal I have for my clients and where I'm at now and realized it's so freeing is that you should be able to listen to your body and get those hunger and fullness cues. So you don't have to rely on a meal plan or a diet plan or the clock to tell you when you should and shouldn't be eating but you can rely on your internal cues to really tell you when and maybe what to eat as well. Mm. Yeah, I I definitely fell into that trap. It sounds like we had kind of similar patterns yeah. at first getting more into nutrition and then falling into some of these traps. Yeah. But 
when I was doing the whole calorie in, calorie out thing, I definitely was eating more processed foods at the time mm-hmm. and falling for the labels of low fat or low calorie or whatever. And I just didn't feel full. Yeah. Because I wasn't eating a lot of whole nutrient dense foods that fill me up, especially not enough protein. Mm-hmm. And so I would just remember I used to be a teacher and I would just be watching the clock tick down and oh. I would tell myself I'm not allowed to eat my lunch until the clock hits 1130 and I would just wait and wait and wait. But I love how you describe it as being very freeing mm-hmm. because I don't feel that at all anymore. I'm now able to kind of check in with my hunger and sometimes I'm hungry earlier and sometimes I have two snacks instead of one. And it is just such a freedom that comes with learning what works for your body and eating things that are really nourishing. Yes, exactly. And that's where I think focusing on the quality of your food over just focusing on the quantity is important. And then also all that ties back into hormones too, because if you do have some sort of hormonal imbalance, whether it be sex hormones or your appetite hormones, it can be almost impossible to listen to those hunger cues. Like if you've been ignoring them for so long with the dieting, you don't know what's true hunger or what's craving. So those are all out of whack. So making sure that you can get those to a healthy place so that you can start to eat intuitively, I think is key. Mm. We've talked a lot about nutrition, but I'm curious to know what role exercise, sleep, and stress stress management play when it comes to weight loss, especially with any kind of underlying hormonal issues? Yeah, um, a lot bigger role than I thought. I think a lot of people give it credit for. Again, we talk all about diet and exercise, but getting your sleep, getting stress managed, I mean, especially this year, we realize we can't get away from stress. It's going to happen. So just having strategies to manage it, I think they're all very important. And I also think they all impact each other. So they're kind of all tied in. So as a dietitian, I would say I'm biased that I think nutrition and your diet's probably the top. But if you're not sleeping well, that's going to make eating healthier difficult because you're going to have more cravings. Or if you're not managing your stress, that's also going to make your diet more difficult to stick to something healthy Um, and vice versa. If you're not getting the proper nutrition or you're missing nutrients, it's going to make your, you're not going to be able to manage your stress as easily and your body's not going to tolerate the stress as well. Um, Even with exercise, you're not going to be able to get the same energy you need for that exercise. So I think they're all tied together. I would say Nutrition, in my opinion, is probably the top because that's truly like this foundation that you need to build in order to live a healthy life. So, yeah, what are your exercise tips for clients? You mentioned something that you can stick to, but are you more in the kind of like strength training or cardio or high intensity interval? Yeah, I think they all have their place. Um, Uh I think, especially with the clients I work with, they all come to me usually doing like the hit or running long miles um, or going on long runs, sorry. So doing a lot of that cardio and they're not incorporating the strength. So that is more so what I talk about is incorporating that strength training in because cardio, yeah, it's going to burn calories, but that's not our only goal here. A lot of women want to 
lose fat and have like that toned look, right? So you have to actually build up that muscle to get that toned look. So I'm a big fan of strength training. And I think a lot of women stray away from it because they think cardio is the answer for weight loss. Um, But I think incorporating strength training into your routine is crucial to support that muscle mass and also to support your hormones too. I saw a doctor post the other day that doctor, do you follow Dr. Nadolsky? I think it is. I don't think so. He's really into just kind of weight loss and has a weight loss program, uh-huh. but he posted some, he's also really into strength training and he posted some little meme that said, if you think that strength training is going to make you bulk up like the Hulk or something, that's the same thing of thinking that if you learn how to drive really well, you're all of a sudden going to drive for NASCAR. Oh, did you post that on your Instagram? I may have shared it yeah, <laughs> to my story. That. Yeah, that's great. I thought it was so funny because I think a lot of women, especially, and I also had thought this, that yeah. if I do strength training, I'm just going to bulk up and I'm going to look all muscular and weird. And really, that's nearly impossible to do. I mean, it takes a lot to it, look like a bodybuilder. Exactly. It's a lot of effort. And I did the same thing, too. So even when I started introducing strength training, I was doing like tons of reps with tiny little weights, right? So moving into something where you're actually lifting something substantial is where where you're going to get the benefits. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Well, I ask all of my guests a final question. You can kind of take it however you wish, mm-hmm. but in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? You know, I've been listening to some of your podcasts over the last couple of days and hearing everyone's answers and they're all so great. Um, but I think what that means to me is truly making the decision, making your mind up that you're going to invest the time and the effort to continually nourish your body because it's not just a one-time thing. It's something that we have to continue to do throughout our life and constantly adjust, right? And be flexible with. So I think making that decision that you're going to invest that time and effort and put yourself first and truly take care of yourself. Yeah, I love that. And I just love how much you brought up consistency. And Mm -hmm. that really is what it boils down to the time and the effort and getting consistent. It's all these sort of unsexy answers. Exactly. Yeah. I know diets can show these flashy, whatever claims and what it really boils down to is just getting back to the basics. Yeah. Consistency isn't easy to market, right? It's not. It's not. Nobody. Yeah. It's like, shoot, I thought I could just do this for seven days and I'd be set for life. Exactly. That's not the case. Well, I know everybody's going to want to follow you and find you. So where is the best place to do so? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram quite a bit and there I'm uh, just at my handle is my name right now. So it's Haley, H-A-L-E-Y dot Gorelli, G-A-R-E-L-L-I. You can also contact me through my website, which is HaleyGRD.com. And through there, you can email me or sign up for my newsletter. Awesome. I'll put a link to your website and to your Instagram in the show notes so that they're just easily clickable. And I just wanted to thank you so much for being here today. I learned so much and it was just awesome chatting with you and finally connecting one-on-one since I've been creeping on your stories (laughs) for so long. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you again for having me. It was great talking to you. Well, that's all for today. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. 
You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness. So let's figure out how to make both happen. To book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.